0: Welcome to another episode of Deep Gospel, and this, I believe, is going to be our last episode of the spring semester. We're going to take just a couple weeks of a break, refresh, renew, um, and we will come back with a special uh, summer version of Deep Gospel, but I think it's going to be a little bit different. So... um, If you have uh, just started listening to Deep Gospel, uh, over those two weeks, you can check out uh, the podcast form, you know, if you decide to want to catch up, that's a good way to do it. Um, And then we also have them all on YouTube as well with a playlist. So um, that's a good way to catch up too, if you want to catch up. Um, But I'm really excited about our conversation today because it's a really... Um, a really great passage with some good um, imagery that I think is, is home for a lot of people when we think about our faith. Um, but also with some like, it left me with some questions that I think are going to be really fun to discuss. Um, but first of all, before we get started, um, I want to start with introductions. So if you don't know me, My name is Haley Eccles. I am um, the Associate Director and Pastor-in-Residence here at Campus City Wesley and your host for Deep Gospel. Um, And it's just a really great job. Love doing it and love doing it because I get to work with amazing people like Renard, who's one of our fellows. Um, So Renard, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: My name is Renard. I have been with CCW, I think 2017, going on three, maybe four years. I graduated with uh, my degree in Associates of Arts from, and I'm an alumni of Florida State College of Jacksonville here in Jacksonville, Florida. And I have got accepted to um, the University of North Florida. I've also, I still have other colleges that i like to go to, um, I had applied to UNF or uh, I'm still looking to hear from the University of Florida as well as the University of of Florida State University. And my overall goal would love to be to go to um, FSU um, and pursue a degree in um, religion and and after that, um, go to seminary to pursue a seminary degree and hopefully become a elder an ordained elder in the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church.
0: Thanks, Renard. Okay, so is your acceptance into, or um, yeah, your acceptance into UNF breaking news? I don't think I had heard that before this conversation.
1: Break, well, it's breaking news to the, <laughs> to the CCW community, as well as our partners and everybody else who just loves CCW. The only people who knew about it was my um, wonderful um, my wonderful roommates. Um, so for those of you listening, um, I have three wonderful roommates. We have housing here in CCW, um, and pastor Haley Eccles is, um, just a wonderful person to talk to residents and, um, does a great job with that. And, um, yeah, the only people who knew about that was my roommate, Sarah Taylor, um, who does some wonderful stuff for CCW and our, and, um, um, Neil McMichael, who is just our wonderful worship leader um, here in um, Campus City Wesley, and just wonderful, um, or, organizes some wonderful um, takes for um, our Evolve gatherings. And um, it's just a wonderful human being. So that's, well, just, yeah. a, that's just a wonderful, that's just a, that's more about me and um, the lovely roommates that I um, live with here in Campus City Wesley. <laughs> well, it's very
0: exciting. It's definitely worth celebrating. And while I know that your um, hopes are to go to Florida State, I do know there's a lot of people praying for you to stay. So I'm just saying, if you want to go to Florida State, you got to put in a little overtime on that prayer life. So. And then we've got um, Shakira joining us, who is, well, I'll let her introduce herself but um, what one of the things we've been doing if you're new to deep gospel throughout the semester is we've been having conversations um, with people who work with youth at the local church level um because it is such an important connection that we make um and and we want um youth to remember if they're uh joining us or if they're um you know connected in any way that we're here for them uh when they do move on to that next stage in their faith and next stage in life so Shakira, tell us a little bit about what you do and where you're involved in all that
2: okay um, hi i'm shakira um i actually am the youth director for first united methodist downtown jacksonville um, Our church is small, but we are growing. (laughs) Um, Most of what I do is coordinate and just have free thinking conversations with our youth about scripture um, and, you know, just kind of meeting them where they are and um, engaging them to understand um, how the Bible is applicable to their life today. Because Many times they tend to think this was like, 3,000 years ago what am I going to do with this now and I'm like no I promise it's all relevant um so most of my job is making it relevant to them like making it accessible and applicable for them um and that's in a nutshell what I do.
0: (laughs) That's great and um I think You know, a lot of our students have a complicated relationship with the Bible and those stories. And so a lot of these conversations give us a chance to open up um, some of that relationship and um, explore um, what is helpful and what has also been difficult and why. And so that's why we kind of are guided by these three questions. Um, What did you like? what challenged you, and then kind of end it with this idea of what the gospel implication is. So um, before we get started talking about our scripture, I'm going to ask Bernard to kind of ground us in a word of prayer.
1: Dear God, um, we just thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you for um, this wonderful group of people who just want to get together and share their perspectives of what uh, your word means to them. Um, we pray for, um, we pray that, um, um, we pray for those who are listening. We pray for those who, um, who are listening and are part of our community. We also pray for those who, um, who are just joining us for the first time and, um, um, exploring the Bible for the first time and want to, um, to, um, want to ask questions and, um, want to dive deeper into your word, God. So we just pray that, um, that through our conversation, um, that you'd be with us and you'd be with um, everybody, and um, um, we just ask all this in your nuns in your son's name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks, Renard. I am going to read our scripture. We are reading John chapter ten, um, starting. Oh, got too many tabs open on my computer to find it. There we go. Starting in verse 11 and reading through 18. um, And I'm going to read from the common English Bible because we use that one a lot in worship. So I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. When the hired hand sees the wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and runs away. That's because he isn't the shepherd. The sheep aren't really his. So the wolf attacks and the sheep... The sheep and scatters them. He's only a hired hand and the sheep don't matter to him. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I give up my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that don't belong to this sheep pen. I must lead them too. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. This is why the father loves me. I give up my life so that I can take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I give it up because I want to. I have the right to give it up and I have the right to take it up again. I received this commandment from my father. And this is the word of God for us to wrestle with today. Um, So thank you God for that. So like I said, we always start with this question of what we liked. And, um, I will actually start one of the, it might sound weird for me to say this for y'all, but one of my favorite things, um, that I did when I was in local church ministry was funerals. Not obviously not because I, you know, was glad to see the person go. (laughs) That's not the case at all. Um, but because, Well, one, my theology says that that's not the end for that person. Um, But I'm very comfortable with pastoral care and working with people in grief and helping tell those stories felt like a really important part of what I got to do. And in our book of worship, this passage reminds me of one of the the prayers that I would often say at funerals um, where you would kind of do this invocation and you would use the person's name. And, you know, you would say that you um, that, you know, that person is one of your sheep and that he or she knows your voice and that you're calling to him. And there was just something very peaceful and comforting in this image um, and being able to think about um the shepherd at that point of life of kind of, uh, you know, bringing the sheep home, um, is just an image that really sticks with me when I think about this passage. Um, and so I, I like that, um, the kind of imagery and, um, and the way that we get to hear, you know, who God is. So, um, yeah, Renard, what did you like?
1: I will say. Uh, so this is the first time I've ever heard. <laughs> this is the first time um, I've heard um, heard this for the day. <laughs> I didn't study because this is it was the last minute. <laughs> but I will say, um, just hearing it for the first time, I get this um, overall. Um, this overall. Um, I'm trying to put, uh, this feeling of um, laying down. Um, I think laying down your life and like what that actually like represents, and just like this sense of like, um, you know, um, running, you know, running away. And like, I feel like, and it kind of connects like, while well, I'm still going through like this call to ministry, um, and just reading like, um, uh, reading stuff. Um, we often like run away from our callings, because we, uh, um, we don't trust in our, um, we, we second guess ourselves, or we, um, at least for me, um afraid of what other people say and other people's opinions and other people's judgments and um and um just just the effects of like what other people um can um other people what other people think can affect um our judgments and i think it had something to do like um, what kind of what kind of person um i think um i am trying to say I think what I'm trying to, overall trying to get is like through this passage it asks like what are we willing to say you know what are we willing to um to lay our life down for what are we willing to lose um what um what and this kind of goes to like you know the uh, passage like what you said with the death thing um we're all gonna die you know one day And and even for me I think about you know I don't want to think about you know You know, dying. But when you look at it, you know, you come to the perspective that we're all not here um, forever. Um, It kind of makes you really think. At least for me, what do I want? What um what do I want? Um, how do I want my life to count? What am I willing to lose my life for? What am I willing to? What am I willing? What do I want my life to represent? And how am I using? How am I using that? Um, to represent God and what God wants for only ourselves, but also for others.
0: Thanks, Fernard. I definitely love those verses. Um, and for me, they bring some challenge too. So I'm looking forward to talking about them a little bit more. Um, Shakira, what was your... Um, like from this passage
2: um i would have to say my life uh, all right so um my favorite thing aside from imagery i would have to say is verse number 16 um It's right where Jesus is saying that there are these other sheep out here and they don't necessarily belong to this one flock that I'm going to have in this pen over here, but those are my sheep too. And they know who I am too. And so I'm going to go get them too. Like they hear me call and they're going to respond. And I found that that was so profound, just so beautiful because it kind of just, it reaffirms the promise, you know, that God, it really was there for all people, you know, and Jesus really did come, not just for like the one group, but for everyone, and I just find that that's just, it's just beautiful, and it kind of just brings me joy, so I gotta say that's probably my favorite part.
0: Yeah, I love that too. I think, um, I, I think that that particular verse, when I hit it, It was almost like, I want, I wish I could have a conversation with John when he wrote it, because it's written in so much like imagery that I just want to know, like, who were you thinking of out of the pen? Because I can think of a lot of groups that we talk about that we could apply this to. Um, And I would love to know, kind of initially, you know, is this written specifically because of the Gentiles? How do we keep? opening up the pen, like, what does that look like? There's just so many questions I have. Um, But the fact that like the flock, like we're missing people, I think is an important thing to remember too. Um, You know, I feel like there's a lot of people who feel like they're all that (laughs) inside the pen, so. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, I mean, questions like these are kind of where I think challenges come from. So. Um, Bernard, what hit you when you were listening to it? What, what, uh, challenges
2: or questions did you have?
1: I would say it's just, a, um, just this, just, um, um, the sense of what, um, of, you know, what am I willing to lose, my, um, my life for, um, I mean, going through, um, sit down with our um, executive director and um, just wonderful, <laughs> wonderful around the person, Derek Scott III, and he, he always uh, pushes me, you know, what am I, you know, what am I willing to, um, in terms of just like my call to like pastoral ministry, like, what am I willing, you know, am I willing to, to lose my life? And I always like, you know, hesitate. And then, you know, cause it's like, for me, it's not something, you know, I want to talk, it's not something that you, you know, want, you want to think about. Um and I think that's just a lot for, you know, just humans and you know, humans in general and just like um, you know, we don't want to think about when our, you know, times are times on earth is gonna end. At least I don't. So that's one of the things that um one of the things that I that I wrestle with. And then I always think of um oh, well, how long ago was Easter? Probably about a few weeks ago. But through like Easter, you know, the resurrection, you know, the resurrection of Jesus. Um, you know, it shows that um that um, for me, it's not like, while well, one, one door closes another. And it's not even like that. I, if um, there was a, um, it's a, it's a new, it's a new beginning. Um, the, at least for me, Easter is a new, Easter is a new beginning um, for, um, I feel like for all, for all of us. So that's, um, that's one of the things that I, I that I wrestle with and to um, still want it and still working through.
0: Yeah, I um I feel like this verse, what you're connecting it with is a verse that we talked about, I think in the fall of Deep Gospel, um from Matthew, when um Jesus says, like whoever will lose their life for my sake will find it, and whoever try, you know, tries to save their life will lose it, and mm-hmm. will lose it for my sake will find it. That's how it goes. Yeah. Um and so that's uh, that's like those verses in juxtaposition definitely fit together. Um, and I'm also wondering about the way that Jesus talks about losing his, losing his life and then taking it up again is such an interesting image. Mm-hmm. Um, that also feels a little bit different than what we're called to do like we can take it up again, but it's like continually laying it down. It's like very difficult. So I don't know, I've got, obviously those thoughts are very unfinished, but it's making me think about some other things. Um, And I love when we think about one scripture in light of another scripture, because it really helps us to think about, you know, the larger story that is happening. So, um, Shahira, what about you? What challenged you?
2: I think um, reading this scripture made me. It definitely made me think. <laughs> say that um, I thought about the hired hand, and I kind of just put in my mind, like as as the good Christians I have to do that. Um, how often are we the hired hand instead of you know helping guide our brothers and sisters? You know instead of looking down on them, how often are we actually the hired hand who runs away because we're like, ah, you have nothing to do with me. You don't live in my neighborhood. You know, you don't go to my school. You're not my kid kind of thing. Um, So I think it just kind of made me question um, how do we do ministry and how do we follow, you know, this teaching right here? Cause Jesus is saying, "They'll they'll know me by my voice, of course. But as Christians, we're called to, you know, also help each other out, you know, and guide each other to that voice as well. Um, so I'm kind of wondering, like, how often, how often are we actually being a hired hand instead of being our, our neighbor, <laughs> our neighbor's neighbor? Um, so that was one of my, that was one of my challenges for me is just kind of wrapping my head around that. There's
0: like another thing is like very close to what I was thinking too. So I like I feel like I can definitely build off of that because what my thought was like, what is a pastor if not a hired hand, if not someone who's supposed to be tending the flock while Jesus is not present amongst us. And yet there's a lot of implication about what the job really is and whether or not I'm doing my job but then my other thought is are there times that we can step into the role of hired hand when we need to just be a sheep like and know that like we need to be listening for Jesus voice so like there are some ways that I've, I was like wondering about this metaphor of like, um, is the hired hand, you know, leadership within the church, or is it also like other things that we put our trust in that are distracting, you know, could it be, um, you know, other systems or ways that we can like feel security. So I am just really, and I don't have like a great answer because I think it's probably a both and thing where it can be both, but like metaphors can only be stretched so far until they like don't make sense anymore at all. Um,
2: but yeah, what do you think about that? I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I am right there with you. I think that um, when as soon as you said, could it possibly be something, you know, that we're putting, you know, our attention towards other than. Jesus's voice the higher hand I think that could possibly be it because a lot of times you know we will claim a faith um, but we're really just a part of a religion instead of like really you know acting out that faith we're just kind of just following the guidelines and this is what we do because we've done it for 200 years or you know whatever the case may be Um, I I have a lot of old people in my church so (laughs) but you know I think that oftentimes that maybe that could be the, help, um, the helping hand there, you know, the person who's just been doing it that way forever just because that's what they're used to.
0: Yeah, and I'm even thinking like even larger systems, like think about the ways that, and we've been having some great conversations around this in the Methodist church about the ways that something like white supremacy has kind of in, infected uh, Christianity and leadership, and so are there times like do p pe- are people worried about being scattered every time we talk about anti racist efforts because they're listening to a hired hand or is it because they you know really are you know thinking we aren't listening to Jesus or focusing on Jesus enough because it seems like if we want to use that as an example I do think we see it uh, something. That might be a little bit more clear. Of um, there's a book that was written um, by a, um, he wasn't a professor, but he kind of was adjacent to the seminary that I was in. Um, but the term he uses a lot is like slaveholder religion, like the way that religion is used in a certain way that is very different from hearing Jesus' voice and the amazing like miracle is also that Jesus saw people that like religions being wielded over as people who belonged in the pen. Like, so I just, yeah, I just think this metaphor can go so many different ways. And I think, let me get to my challenge so that I'm actually answering the question. Um, I'm often challenged about I'll just say, it's almost like listening to Jesus voice because I can see so many ways that we could, we could see this metaphor and start applying it and start thinking about it. And there is something in me that just feels a little cautious, worried that I'm, Rushing to my own interpretation and not like Jesus interpretation. Um, And so for me, I'm just really challenged by the ambiguity that we see here and the ways that. It could very easily be wielded against someone when it also seems to be a text that is very much about unity and wanting to be a part of one flock um, and be together and fo- follow and focus on Jesus. Um, and so while I feel like some of my role in, um, uh, part, part of the, the ordination of elders to, um, to care about the order of the, of the church, which, you know, means basically shepherding the flock and kind of helping, people to to understand um, their, not just like their faith, but like the implications of their faith and the way that it can um, impact the community at large and other people. Um, And so I just wonder about um, when I'm using, when I'm thinking about these metaphors, it can be so, It can be so important to call out the things that are leading to disunity and the things that are leaving us from from seeing other people as people that God is pursuing and God cares about and God loves. Um, And how to do that in a way that is not bullying and pulls people closer to Jesus um, isn't isn't always clear, isn't always easy. And I guess that's part of, like, the call of, like, the passage to be close to the shepherd, but it is just, it's a constant challenge, I feel like, and it can be very easy, um, I think, to take this message and um, to use it in a bullying way or in a way that's not going to be helpful. And um, it's kind of interesting with the, all the beautiful imagery that we have that it can be such a um, powerful one as well. but. That was where my challenge was. Um, but the wrestle in order to um, find the goodness of God in these passages. So um, I'm gonna go to Renard again and ask Renard um, where you see the gospel in this passage.
1: I guess I would say I would see the Okay. I guess I would say I would see the gospel um, in, I just go back to this whole thing of what am I, you know, what am I willing to, to lose my life for? I think that, you know, because it's such, that's just the whole, that, that just, that, that um, just that one thing is just a lot to take in and soak in and, you know, and think about. And it makes me at least, it makes me, um, you know, rethink um, um, like what my call, what my call um, is supposed to be and that it's okay to take, you know, it's okay to not have all the pieces together. And um, I guess I'll stop. I'll I'll, I'll stop with that.
0: Thanks,
2: Bernard. Um, Shakira, what about you? Uh, Well, Renard, let me just say, it is okay for you not to have all the pieces together because that's God's job. (laughs) So you're good. I think, um, I see the gospel in this as far as, um, honestly, just the whole passage is just confirmation of what Jesus has been telling his disciples over and over and over again. you know, when he tells them, hey, uh, I'm not going to stay here forever, guys. I'm trying to prepare you to lead the way, okay? And then he goes on to tell them, I'm going to lay my life down for all of you. It's just more of Jesus, like confirming his reasoning for being here, confirming why he's teaching them what he's teaching them, confirming why the miracles had happened the way they happen um, and why he is going to literally get on a cross you know, and take, you know, this abuse and this murder that he doesn't deserve for his sheep, for his people, for God's people, all the nations. Um, so for me, I see the gospel just just in the way that the story is told. It sounds very much like Jesus to me. It sounds like Jesus is using another metaphor to kind of teach his disciples this is what's going to happen, guys, you know, in a soft, (laughs) nice way, Um, the way he does sometimes when he's not upset. (laughs) Um, So that's, that is where I see the gospel at. I just see, I see the salvation in it. That's where I see it. I see the salvation in it all.
0: Yeah, I, um, there was something about, and let me actually go to the verse. Um, but there's something about the way that he says, um, I give up my life so that I can take it up again, that I just imagined Jesus like emerging from the tomb and like picking up a staff that like, this like resurrection life, like the mantle that Jesus has taken up, like that's still the time we're in, you know, like the work isn't done. Like Jesus is still shepherding. Like the, this image still applies. There's something, um, sometimes that in my mind that sometimes, um, thinks of that resurrection work as being kind of um, when Jesus is on earth and then kind of the spirit taking over but there is this image in in my mind from this of of God's rule and reign that is very real and powerful um, in a way that I was wrestling with this thought about like what does it mean for Jesus to have given up his life knowing he was going to take it up again like what kind of sacrifice um, does that diminish the sacrifice knowing that it's temporary and knowing that he can like pick it up again um and I think that there's something like sacrificial and maybe even heavier in the work that is happening like in resurrection and the work of like drawing people into the resurrection that I think is um, important to recognize Um, and so for me the good news of Jesus still being the shepherd like Jesus voice still calling out um, it's not just like good news for me it is I want to know Jesus voice I'm glad to to feel like I'm a part of the fold but to know that like That work isn't done yet, and that um, I don't need to be Jesus. Um, I'm really happy to be like the chief sheep, not the chief sheep, but you know, like it. You know, I want to be good sheep. I want to be close to the you know the the front. Um, But I think it's a helpful reminder because sometimes I don't know that. I always like trust Jesus enough to like be able to like tell my story and like leave it there or like plant a seed and leave it there and let God do what God will do, you know. And I kind of grew up in a, uh, in a church where like we were going to plant water and bully that seed into like growth, you know, to try to like, you know, see conversion happening um, in a way that didn't always like help people really hear Jesus voice in my, my opinion. Um, And so the fact that Jesus can be the shepherd and that Jesus is the shepherd and that the resurrection is just the start of kind of picking up that staff um, for, you know, this season of ministry is, it just all is good news. Um, And yeah, that's my non-succinct gospel implication. (laughs) oh I really really enjoyed this conversation thanks Renard for being willing to step in um, at uh, the last minute to you know help out a friend who wasn't able to make it and um thanks Shakira for joining us um will you please uh close us in a word of prayer um yes ma'am
2: Lord We thank you for this day. We thank you for the life that you've given us um, on this earth, God. We thank you for all of your creation and your glory and your son, God, that you sent to earth for us. God, I pray that um, ears and hearts and minds may be open to the discussions we've had here today. Um, And that, you know, Lord, that somebody is able to hear your voice as you speak to them, whether it be right now or tomorrow. We give you thanks and praise
0: amen amen well thank you all i hope that you have a wonderful afternoon evening um and that you just feel jesus close to you uh in this resurrection season so um i hope you'll have a wonderful spring semester summer is coming that is also good news and uh until we see each other again bye friends Thank you for listening to this episode of Deep Gospel. Deep Gospel is a weekly video and podcast series exploring the lectionary gospel text through conversation and community. Deep Gospel is a part of the ministry of Campus to City Wesley, a multi-site campus ministry serving college-age young adults in Northeast Florida. To find out more about this ministry, you can check out our website at campustocitywesley.org. Or find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the socials at the handle campus to city one word. If you would like to support the ministry of campus to city Wesley in providing community and resources like Deep Gospel, I hope you will consider becoming a Patreon supporter. This is our last episode of the spring series, but we will be back in a few weeks, refreshed and ready to explore the Gospels this summer. Until then, friends, blessings, and bye.